Hey, thanks for joining us at Praise Chapel. We hope you enjoy this message from our midweek service with David Diga Hernandez. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at pcparamount.org. Again, we hope you enjoy this message. Well, can we give Jesus a hand of praise? Excited to be here at home. Praise Chapel Paramount. And yes, as Pastor Omar was saying, we did have a great time on uh, Sunday. I think about, uh, Ruben, did we get the count? About 40 or 50 people got saved Sunday night, right? 40 or 50 people that actually committed their hearts to the Lord. So that was that was the highlight for all of us. And so we were very excited. And um, I appreciate uh, our home church coming out and supporting that. And it's always good to see some familiar faces there, especially when uh, different crazy things go down, as always, at every one of our services. If you were there, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, it happens in every single one. Something happens. Uh, but I'm excited to be here back at home. And I want to teach on a simple word. And as I teach, um, we're going to have some music here just um, just to set the atmosphere. And I want you to just um, really ask the Holy Spirit to increase your hunger for the word, because I think that when you have a hunger for the word, that really is what lays the foundation for your future, not only in ministry, not only in your family, but just for the rest of your life. You're going to find that many times when people are not rooted in the word, that they just experience the chaos of life in a much different way than those who are. So as I minister this word um, that I have, I was, I was actually praying, I, I, I call it prayerfully debating between two different thoughts. So... And there's so much alike, it was like, Lord, which direction I go? But I really do sense strongly a pull in this one direction. I want to talk to you tonight about the power of impartation. And how to receive impartation, how to steward impartation, the different types of impartation, biblically speaking. I don't know if I'll get through the entire message, but I do want to minister this word. And I pray that your heart is open so that you can receive and accelerate your growth spiritually. So everybody just bow your heads, close your eyes just for a second, and I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to just prepare the soil of your heart for the seed of the Word of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I lift this moment to you, and I pray for each and every individual who is here, Lord, that you would begin to increase their hunger for your Word, that you would increase their desire to know the depths of your Spirit. And Father, I pray that as this word goes forward, that you would help to reveal truth by your Holy Spirit in a way that transforms our hearts and our lives and our natures, Lord. Father, speak to us through your word. Correct us through your word. Transform us through your word. Inspire us through your word. And we will receive it with gladness in the name of Jesus. And everybody who agreed said, Amen. Amen. Okay, so a lot of believers have heard this word impartation, and maybe you never have heard this word before. Impartation is a very simple spiritual concept. The idea is that spiritual dynamics and spiritual gifts and spiritual wisdom and anointing and power and ministry and insight and knowledge, all of that rest inside of individuals who have years of experience in ministry. The longer somebody is a believer, if they are growing and if they are rooted in the word, if they're rooted in prayer, the longer somebody walks with the Lord, the more they gather these treasures of impartation that actually can transform your life and not just transform your life, but accelerate your growth spiritually. So using myself as an example, and I say this all glory to God, I notice there's an acceleration every single time I, instead of trying to figure things out on my own, I seek advice. And it's more than just advice because impartation is much different than just being taught. When you're taught, it's something that goes and is received mentally. It's something that you can receive intellectually. But impartation is a spirit that you catch to where you don't even realize you're doing something that you had received from impartation. I'll give you an example. Um, you know, like my, my, I, I received obviously impartation from my dad personally, um, but I didn't realize being his son, having his DNA, 
being a part of his family, being in his lineage, I pick up on certain things that he does. And in fact, there are things that he used to do, I used to wonder why he did them. And now I find myself doing them and going, oh my goodness, that's my dad. Like when I go to a restaurant, if you've ever been to a restaurant with my dad, if you have a bad attitude as a server, you're going to get called out. And so I noticed now that's another thing that was imparted to me. This is something that I received from my dad. But I noticed he's also got this real, real sharp and keen way of speaking to people. He's got great discernment. So I use that as an example. I receive that because of my, my biological genetics, my DNA. And that gets passed on to, like, my daughter. She looks like my wife, but she acts like me. She's very, 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 very demanding, okay? Like, we can hold her, and she's perfectly at peace, one little inch this way or that way, and she starts screaming at everybody. I said, that's her father. That's just like her father. And so there's this dynamic spiritually also where we can receive spiritual DNA, and it's important that we are mindful of the DNA that we're receiving. When I was growing up and I first started seeking the Lord, I was saved at 11. I start seeking the Lord at 13. I, I, I'm in ministry by 13, in ministry, and traveling by 14 and 15 and 16. And what I would actually do as a kid is I would travel. And Pastor Omar, you'll remember this. Anytime we had a guest speaker, I would, I would kind of stand by Pastor Omar and say, where are you guys going? Can I come? And Pastor Omar, more often than not, unless they're going to talk about, you know, things that I shouldn't know, they would bring me along, and we would have these guest speakers. I remember in, in the Madison days, and when I say Madison days, I'm talking about the building down the street where we used to have church. We would bring in all of these different healing evangelists, and there was one healing evangelist in particular. His name was Steve Romine, and Steve Romine was crazy. Like, he would say things that would just make you like... <gasps> Like, like there was, <laughs> there was one time there was this, I could go on with stories for days. There's this guy sitting in the congregation, black hair, slicked to the side. He's wearing a red shirt, has a goatee and a mustache. And he's trying to call the guy out to give him a prophetic word. And they're like, me? He's like, no, the other guy, the, the other person behind him, me? No, the other guy. He goes, the devil. I want to give a word to the devil. <laughs> and, and so that was the type of humor that he had. He would just say these things. And, and I could tell you other stories that probably are not necessarily the best to tell over the pulpit. But, but there was an impartation. I remember he and Harry Hills, who was a very, um, a very he's a very stoic evangelist. So, so there was Steve Romine. He would come in. He's in he was in a wheelchair. He had MS, and he had it for several years. So he would minister healing to people while sitting in a wheelchair. People would get healed as he prayed for them. So that was, his name was Steve Romine. And then there was another man by the name of Harry Hills. And Harry Hills was a little more serious and stoic. And, and you know, this is where I think, like, your, your guy's son, Bubba, is, this is where I think, like, I see similarities. But, but I remember I went up to Harry Hills, and I took a, baby, a, a newborn baby to him. I said, Pastor Harry, I need you to pray for this baby. And, he, you know, his, his southern accent goes, why? Why do I need to pray for this baby? And I go, well, I said, this baby, um, I hand him over. I go, he can't talk or walk. And so he starts praying. And in the middle of praying, he realizes this is a newborn. Of course he can't talk or walk. And I kid you not, Pastor Ron, he smacked me across the face and said, don't you ever do that to me again. Now, now that was interesting. It was, it was, it was surprising. I laughed. I, I enjoyed the moment. But it was impartation. Believe it or not, that was impartation. And I remember we had the great legendary Ron Simpkins come down, you know. He was somebody we had, and we still have uh, to this day. But I remember hearing this guy, and I would sit there, and I could just listen to the stories of faith and inspirations. And then I'd get to get him behind the scenes. We'd go back to somebody's house after church, and I would sit there, and I'd ask him questions. And, you know, any question I asked was, oh, you know, dig a well. Uh. <laughs> I could go on with that. We won't go there. And I, I would do this. I, I would go. I, would, I, I remember I had, I had all these preachers' phone numbers, and I remember I would call them, and I would spend hours on the phone with them. And, and this, this, was, this was a huge part of, of, of my Christianity growing up. I would read their books. I would listen to their sermons. And what this did for me, what's called, it's called cross-pollination, spiritual cross-pollination, where I'm receiving different things from different ministries. And I'll never forget the day that I'm watching Christian television, I was I think I was about 11 or 12 years old, and I see on the TV comes this, this, this ministry where 
I remember I turn it on, and they're bringing up wheelchairs to the front, all these empty wheelchairs, and just throwing them on the stage and crutches. And there's this very strange-looking guy in a white suit. And he had, like, this, this, this weird comb over it. It was, it, was, it was white and black at the time. And he spoke with a real heavy, like, Middle Eastern accent. He, and, and I remember watching this. I thought, oh, my goodness, this is intriguing. And I remember watching this as a 12-year-old, and I said, whatever is on this guy, that's what I want. And the Lord spoke to me. At that age, I knew that one day I would be connected with Pastor Benny Hinn. I knew at that moment. I knew at that moment. And, and Pastor Omar and my dad can tell you, I, I remember I would read his books. I would watch his videos. I would, uh, I, and I knew that there was something taking place there in the spirit. But when I'm talking about impartation, this, this is what I mean. I mean the, these different things that are given to you. We have various different insights. And I remember I could tell you each individual about that in part of my life. I, I wrote an article years ago called Seven Quotes That Changed My Life. And it was from different men of God that just spoke different things. I remember one time uh, Pastor Omar was, this was back at the Madison building, and he was, he was looking at the, um, the coffee setup. This is when, when they had the, the creamer out and everything. This is, this is when it was free. You can go just walk right up to it. <laughs> and that wasn't an insult. That's just a fact. <laughs> oh, don't be cheap. You better pay for it. And so, and so, so we're there. And I'm watching him with, with the creamer. And I'm, I'm a little kid, so, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just kind of watching him. And, and he, he's pouring... The, the creamer in, and I just, it just didn't make sense to me why he was doing, like, he was pouring the creamer, emptying the bottle. Now looking back, okay, he's, he's conserving the creamer. He's not going to, he's going to save space and all that. But I didn't know what he's doing. I'm just watching it, and I, I'm, just, I'm just noticing things. And I, I don't, you probably don't remember this. And you just turn to me, and, and this is what he says. He goes, he goes, there's a reason for everything that I do. And I, I did, it didn't stick right away, but then he starts explaining how, how he's methodical and he likes to really think things through and how he, there's, there's, a, there's a process behind his... And here I am, a kid watching him with coffee creamer, and he's teaching me a lesson with coffee creamer on how, he, how, he, how he's methodical, how he thinks these through, how he strategizes. And that's something that if you're a disciple of Pastor you pick up on. You're very methodical. You strategize. This is something that's actually been tethered by my discipleship from Pastor Omar. I, I, I'm like a stallion. I want to go and just go and go. And I've learned over the years to just be more methodical, be more patient, wait and see what a situation looks like. I could think of guys like, um, there's this gentleman named Tommy Miller. Pastor Tommy Miller was a televangelist, the only guy who at the time, when I was talking about doing TV, he was the only guy who was doing TV that would take the time to talk to me. Imagine a 16-year-old calls you, you're busy as can be with your own television broadcast, and I ask him, how do you do it? How, does, how do you make it work with all the cameras, and, and how do I get the equipment to do this? And, and he would spend hours on the phone with me explaining how to go through the process of starting a TV ministry, how to, how to format your programs, how to practice your hosting skills. All of these things came together. All of these people came together to, to cross-pollinate and to create and to, 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 to impart into my life. And when I look at the ministry today, I can see bits and pieces. And more. some pieces are larger than others. But I can see bits and pieces of all these ministries, all these pastors, all these people who have imparted into my life. And if you're not careful, you can pass up treasures and you can pass up moments if you're not paying attention. And so, so my, my, my message here, I want to talk to you about that, that impartation. And that's an idea of what, um, what impartation was. You think of Moses and Joshua. You think of Elijah and Elisha. You think of Jesus and his disciples. Acts chapter 4 verse 13 talks about how the disciples had no special training whatsoever in the scriptures. But what does it say? Rather, they were men who had been with Jesus. And because they'd been with Jesus, they could heal the sick. Because they had been with Jesus, they were able to teach like he was able to teach. So I want to tell you about the three different types of impartation. There's power and impartation. Number one, and I'll explain these. These are not biblical terms. These are terms that I'm giving just to help differentiate between the three. Number one is given impartation. And I'll explain the difference between given impartation and received impartation in a moment. Number one is given impartation. Number two and this is where I'm going to park it a little bit because I think it's very important. Number two is shared impartation. This is one that does not get talked about at all as far as I can tell. Number three is received impartation. So everybody say this to me. Say given impartation, shared impartation, received impartation. 
Okay, so this first one, give an impartation. Matthew 28, 19, the scripture says this. And this is Jesus talking. It's a command. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You notice Jesus here does not say go and make members. Go and make necessarily even believers. He says go and make disciples, people who are disciplined in different tenets of the faith. So this first one is given impartation. This is where you are discipling someone. Now, a common misconception is this. I have to be ordained in order to disciple someone. I have to have a title in order to disciple someone. I have to have a large ministry in order to disciple someone. I have to preach from the pulpit in order to disciple someone. This isn't the case. Every believer can disciple someone who is under them or not as far along as them in their spiritual journey. Now, this does not mean that you go and just call yourself a pastor, call yourself an apostle, go and start your own thing. No. This is just a lifestyle of consciously, intentionally imparting into individuals who want what you have. Now you may say, I, I, I can't teach the Bible very well, or I don't know that many scriptures, or I don't necessarily understand all of the dynamics that I think they want to know. But what you do know is Jesus. What you do know is he touched your marriage. What you do know is he touched your life. He touched your mind. He set you free. So someone who's been set free, you can give the Lord a hand, I suppose. One, someone who's been touched and set free from alcoholism can disciple somebody and show them the deliverer. Someone who's been healed of a sickness can disciple someone and show them the healer. Someone who has had a relationship or a marriage restored can disciple someone and show them the restorer or the giver of life. Every single one of you in here, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, if you've received Christ as Lord, you can teach someone something that they don't know. Here's a phrase I love. I didn't come up with it. I wish I did. It says, everybody you'll ever meet knows something that you don't. Everyone in this room knows something that you don't know. And these treasures are inside of people. My grandmother says everybody deserves the dignity of being heard. So you as a believer have something to offer. You may not be where so-and-so is. You may not be where that pastor is, that leader is, that inspiration is. But you're further than somebody. And if you're further than somebody, that means you can help them fill in that gap and get from where they are to where you are. There's somebody praying to be where you are right now. There's somebody praying for the blessings you have right now. There's somebody who yearns for the understanding that you possess right now. You, though you're not perfect, you, though you, there's some work to do, though there's some flaws, though there are some things maybe in your past you still haven't even dealt with and they still kind of affect you and come up now and then, you have something you can give to somebody who's not quite where you are. And do you know what this does when you disciple somebody, when you start to impart, when you start to pour into people? It takes the focus off yourself, puts it on them, and it fulfills you spiritually. I'm telling you, it becomes addicting, and it inspires you to be a better believer. It inspires you to be a better leader. It's funny because one of the wonderful things about this church is we take risks on people. This church took a risk on 13-year-old me preaching. Think about that. Okay, so, so we take risks. Now, they're calculated risks, but they're risks. Every single one of us are a risk at some point. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a risk. Don't say that. That's me. Look back up at me. <laughs> no, but every single one of us are a risk. But one, one of the wonderful things about this ministry is that we give people chances with ministry. We give people opportunities to serve. And sometimes maybe it not, might not be on the worship team or on the pulpit, but, you know, we give people opportunities, and, and we see how they do. And have you ever noticed when you give someone an opportunity, often, not always, it inspires them to grow to higher heights, to go to deeper places. And so this is the given impartation. I challenge you to find somebody who doesn't know Jesus. And you say, I might be the lowest of the lowest of the lowest of the lowest. I know the least of the least of the least of the least of all the Christians in the world. Well, that's okay. Even the least spiritual Christian is further along than the unsaved. And so you go win somebody to the Lord. That's you discipling somebody. That's you teaching somebody and bringing them into the kingdom of light. So... This first one, give an impartation. I want to challenge you to grow in this, that you impart what you know. 
that you impart something that you have. And everybody has this. I think of people like our, our brother Dennis right here. You ever had him tell you a story or just talk to you? A very happy man. I love him. Pastor, uh, I called you Pastor Dennis. Maybe I'm speaking some spiritual authority here. But Dennis, how long have you been serving the Lord? When you were 24, so what, about 10 years now, right? So how many years would you say? Over 30 years? You got 30 years of Christian experience right here. See, he's already pouring into me. Look at this. There are people, there are individuals, five years, three years, two years, one year. Do you realize that if you get around these people and you receive something from them, that you're accelerating your spiritual growth? People ask me, how did, how did you do this so young? I'm telling you, this is it. This is the secret. Impartation. Impartation is the key to accelerated spiritual growth. And so going now to the second one, shared impartation. I'm going to park it here for a little bit. I don't know how much time I have because uh, they, don't, uh, they don't give me, they, 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 uh, they never give me a timer, I guess, because I always go over it. So it's like, never mind anyway. I kind of throw you off. I'm sorry, guys. I'm a little bit unpredictable, but please, yes, the timer. And, yeah. It's, it's, never mind. Okay. So, so there's the shared impartation. Now, shared impartation, whereas as one is me, me giving impartation, which would be your Timothy, like, you know, Paul and Timothy. Paul also had his Barnabas. This is somebody who's equal to you or about the same. These are your peers in the faith. Now, this one is very, very, very key, and it's often overlooked. You know, the Scripture talks about submitting one to another. You need friends and believers in your life who can get in your face and tell you when you're acting like an idiot. It's the truth. Your true friends, your true loving brothers and sisters are going to call you on things that you don't want to be called on. So this is what the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Don't be fooled by those who say such things for bad company corrupts good character. Do you realize there is such a thing as worldly and demonic impartation? impartation can only come as far as influence. Now, if I have friends in the world, which I do, I have friends who will call me at 2 in the morning. Hey, I did something I shouldn't have done, and I need help. And I'm the one they call. You can bet I'll be down there. You can bet I'll answer that call. You can bet I'll go to them. But I, though I have influence in their life, I give them no influence in mine. If they want to spend time, I'm not going into their atmosphere. I'm bringing them into my atmosphere. So, so I'm not talking about this, but, but at the same time, there is this ungodly impartation that takes place when we fellowship with those who are in darkness. And this is not something that's supposed to have place in our lives. We are to receive from one another. And, and this is the truth. You become like the ones you spend the most time with. I don't care what. I don't care what you say. That's why the Bible says, don't be fooled by those who say such things. The truth is, the people you are spending your most time with, it doesn't matter. Have you ever noticed this, uh, Pastor or Pastor David? Whenever you're counseling somebody, who you're trying to help them, but the damage is already done because they've spent so much time with the, bad, the wrong people, that no matter how much you plead with them, no matter how much you beg them, no matter how much you try to teach them, no matter how many talks you try to sit down and try to explain, here's what I'm bothered by, here's what's wrong, here's what's not in line in your life, it doesn't matter because the one who's going to have the biggest influence on them is the one they spend the most time with. That's just the reality. So whoever you're around with the most, you're going to believe like them. You're going to think like them. You're going to start to talk like them, and you're going to adjust it. And it doesn't matter what talks people give to you. It doesn't matter even if they pull out the scripture and try to persuade. It doesn't matter. That is the power of impartation. This is why it's important that we surround ourselves with godly people. Are you receiving this word tonight? So the Bible says in Amos chapter 3, verse 3, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? 
First John chapter 2, verse 19 tells us these people left our churches, but they, were never, they never really belonged with us. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. When they left, it proved that they did not belong with us. This is where that, that, that sifting comes, and God will separate those things. But we also bear the responsibility of recognizing good and bad impartation. I think about this. Do you realize that, that in my life, I have a prophetic friend. You guys all know Prophet Robert Sanchez. When I get around Prophet Rob, the prophetic in my life is ignited. Like, it's, it becomes very, very intense. If I hang around him for more than a week, I start to see things very, very clear prophetically. If you get around the leaders in our church, you're going to start to catch a vision. You're going to start to catch this vision of discipleship. You're going to start to catch this vision of wind build sent. It's in the DNA. It's who you come around. I noticed since Mr. Moctezuma joined the ministry, my personal worship leading has gone up several, several levels because of impartation. And so this is how we are to interact with one another. If you will simply tap into this power and you'll simply allow others that influence in your life and you start to receive from them, then the spiritual gifts on them start to rub off on you. That spiritual insight in them starts to rub off on you. So that's shared impartation, and it's very important. So there's the Timothy, there's the Barnabas. As the scripture says, Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. When there's iron being sharpened, sparks will fly. Sometimes impartation is not pleasant. And so this is the challenge here, is learning to receive from one another. Not just discipling others, not just, well, well, you're not my leader. You can't tell me that. Do you realize how inefficient that is? That there's only one source where correction can come? When, when we have godly people around us, they could say, hey, you know what? I got people who can tell me things, and they're not afraid to. You realize how hard that is for them? But I have it, and I set it up that way because it protects me. And not only does it protect me, I can receive spiritual gifts. I can receive that impartation. I can know what they know. Everybody you'll ever meet knows something you don't. The third, this is received impartation. This is the one that often gets talked about. Now, we know who Elijah the prophet is. He predicted this three-year drought. He was miraculously fed by ravens. He challenged a widow to give of her last. He defeated the prophets of Baal, um, called down fire from heaven. Now, God speaks to Elijah to go and anoint the prophet Elisha. And this is the main text right here, 1 Kings chapter 19. Go to 1 Kings chapter 19. I want to show you something powerful in the scripture here. Are you ready to be challenged here? Who wants to be challenged? Because I won't hold back. For the sake of time, i got to just give it to you. I can't sugarcoat it, okay? 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 19 through 21. Say this. So Elijah went and found Elisha. Stop there. Look up at me. Who went to find who? Okay, so this is how it is initially, but watch this. Elijah went and found Elisha. So, so this is like Jesus and the disciples. The, the leader will come and see potential. And then what does Jesus do when he finds his disciples? Does he say, hey, I found you. I'm going to follow you. He finds them, and then he says, you come follow me. Now, the scripture goes on to say, son of Shaphat and Elisha was plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and walked away. Now, this is powerful. I can't get into the full meaning of this, but this is basically the passing of a mantle. And so Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after, say ran after, Elijah, and said to him, first, let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will go with you. Now, you notice Elijah didn't have to say, hey, I'm throwing my mantle on you, you got to follow Elisha understood as soon as that mantle fell on him, I got to chase that man. I got to chase that anointing. I got to chase that impartation. So he comes and he says, hey, I got to kiss my, my father, mother goodbye. Let me go. Let me go do what I need to do. And then this is what Elisha, or Elijah replies, go on back, but think about what I have done to you. So Elisha returned his oxen and slaughtered them. 
He used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. A little graphic, but it's there. He passed around the meat to the townspeople, and they all ate. Then he went with Elijah as his assistant. Now, this is what is amazing. Elisha, in order to follow the man of God, in order to follow the path that was just laid before him, he burns and destroys everything in his past. He got rid of his old support system. That was his business. That was his work. That was everything that supported him. Now, I'm not telling you go and quit your job. I'm simply saying that this man recognized there's a call here. There's something I have to go after. So everything that would hold me back, I'm going to break it. I'm going to burn it. And I'm going to leave it. That's what the man did in order to follow the anointing. Now, I want you to notice, number one, in order to receive, you have to be working. I think, let me say it again. I'll rewind that and I'll say it just so. In order to receive, you have to be working. God is not going to waste a mantle on the lazy. And God never anoints the lazy. You'll never see that in the scripture. Whenever God called a man or a woman, he found them working. He found them doing something. He found them busy. So, so if you're wondering, why, well, why, ha- why hasn't the mantle been thrown on me? When is my chance coming? Where is my, are you, are you busy working? Now, I'm going to show you in just a moment that it's not just work that gets you the mantle. But this is stewardship. This is, this is, this is the reason why some people can receive the impartation and it doesn't stick. And this is the main difference between impartation and imitation. I remember when, when I first saw Pastor Benny on television. And I watched, and I watch very carefully lots of ministries. And I've seen many ministries who are basically exact carbon copies of the man. And they do it exact. And I always said, Lord, if that's, if that's a mantle or if that's an impartation I'm going to receive, I want to make sure that I'm not the next anybody. I'm the first me. So I'm going to put my own. I want to be, it has to be original. I said, Lord, how do you avoid that? How do you avoid imitation? Because impartation is very subtle. You notice if you watch videos of Miss Catherine Coleman and Pastor Benny, very similar, almost exact. But there's also this very distinct quality about each of them. And I said, how is that? How, how, how do you find that distinction? And the Lord spoke very clear to me that the difference between impartation and imitation is the difference between when you observe and when you serve observation is when I look and I study and I apply that, therefore I imitate. Impartation is when I take what I've been given and I serve in that ministry and things are naturally caught where it's not a performance, it's something that goes down to the core of who I am. So he went on to be his assistant. In other words, he's a servant. You honor the anointing. You honor what's on the man of God. You honor what's on the woman of God. Now in 2 Kings chapter 2, you don't have to turn there. But in 2 Kings chapter 2, this is when Elijah is taken into heaven. Elisha's witnessing this. I want you to notice in verse 9, the scripture says, When they came to the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I can do for you before I am taken away. You notice at no point, at no point did Elisha ever say to Elijah, Give me a double portion before the man of God offered something. And some of us try to do this out of turn. We have to be persistent. We have to be intentional. And this is what you have to do when you're chasing an anointing. And the Lord spoke to me that the mantle does not come from the man. It comes through the man. And so the Lord told me you have to be persistent and intentional, which is number three. So number one, be working. Number two, be a servant. Number three, be persistent and intentional. Elijah is told by Elisha in verse 6, I will not leave you. Even though Elijah told him multiple times, just leave me. That's the difference between the true faithful and the unfaithful. You see, someone who is not truly faithful, they will not stay even if you beg them. But someone who is truly faithful, they'll stay even if you make them go. And so this is what happens is, is this man is being persistent. He, he's, he's insisting on And I never did any of that other than saying, Lord, I'm going to position myself where you tell me to position. And the scripture says that, that there was, he followed from a distance. So some of you, I'm saying this for a purpose, need to be more persistent and intentional. I thank God that we have a pastor that's not impossible to reach. Amen. 
That, now, now it t- God gave me persistence, okay? That's like my spiritual gift if there was one. That is like my, I'm like a bulldog. So, so had that been anyone else, I don't think they would have been able to do it. What, me, once I want something, that's it. And it took years to do it. But, but we have been blessed with our pastors, Pastor Omar, Pastor David, Pastor Isaac. You see, we, we want them to come to us, but I want you to notice it was Elisha who ran after Elijah. How, how, come, how, come, how come I haven't been called? How, how, come, how come I'm not being asked? How come they're not talking to me? How, why, why, does, why does he always do those little huddles, huddles with Isaac up here? And, and how come I'm never in that? How come he's always at Isaac and Lizzie's house? I don't care. You look at me all along like that. Some of you thought that. Why, 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 does, why does Pastor Rudy get to go in that, that little room over there? What do they talk about? He puts your ear to the door. And I'm not saying even it's about connecting with a man. It's about connecting with a vision. It's about connecting with the spiritual DNA. Do you realize that, 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 that the reason people can connect with people who are in leadership positions is because they pursue them? And here's the truth. If you were to pursue those things in our church, not always directly with these men of God themselves, you have to prove yourself. They, see, they can't say this because it doesn't sound right coming from them. But I, I'm the evangelist here, so I can say it. You want personal connections, but you haven't even proved yourselves in your Bible study. Why, 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 why put any time into someone who is not even stewarding what they have? So there are, there are some men in here there are some men in here, you should have been pastoring already. But because you failed to grasp the power of impartation, you failed to grasp these opportunities, you failed to pursue. You know, Elijah told Elisha, don't fall, leave me alone. And he still followed him. So this being persistent and being intentional, be specific and be bold is number four. Know what you want. Do you want to pastor a church? Yes or no. Do you, want to, do you want to lead a Bible study? Yes or no. Do you want to lead evangelists? Yes or no. Do you want to be a leader in the church? Yes or no. Do you want to preach the gospel, teach the word? Yes or no. And if you want it, you got to pursue it. Yeah. Here, here, here's the issue. I think in the culture today, we, we've taken the fight out of people and we're trying to make people passive, especially men. The, 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 this spirit, this wave is of, of, of ungodly, I believe men are equal value to women, all that, but the spiritual wave, it's trying to make men not conquerors. Look, men are conquerors. Men want to build. And here's the truth. I'm going to tell you something. You're not going to like it, but you got to hear it, okay? Here's the truth. Some of you have been wiped out. Some of you have had the air knocked out of you. Some of you are weak and, and, and you, you can't get back up again. And you've lied to yourself and told you, well, I'm happy with where I am just so you don't have to face the misery of not being able to get where you actually want to go. And you're lying to yourself. You're saying, I'm happy. I got, I got my family. I got my kids. No, no, no. There's a conqueror inside of you. There's something inside of you that wants to rise and chase a mantle. There's something that that wants to do something. Every man wants to build. Every man wants to create. Every man wants to conquer. Every man wants to accomplish. And there is no such fulfillment as the kingdom of God. So this is not just a sermon for men, but I'm throwing that in as a bonus, by the way. And I think I said it because some of you women are praying. But here's the truth. You want something from God. You want the call. You got to be specific. You got to be bold. You got to be audacious. I say that not to brag and say, look who I am. I'm saying that to show you that when you want something and when that fire is truly in you, you'll rise and you'll grab it. And, and some of us, we, we want that mantle. We want the double board, except we want someone to come lay hands on us. And, and impartation doesn't come necessarily through having hands laid on you. You can come, have someone lay hands on you. But if there's no relationship, that DNA won't get on you. Relationship is the essence of impartation. In fact, impartation is discipleship through relationship. Everything that comes, there are some things you'll pick up on. Like I said, you won't even realize you pick up on. I realized that, that when that mantle came on my life, or that impartation, I should say, mantle's a little heavier. That may come years from now. But impartation, when that impartation came on my life, I picked up on things, good and bad, I didn't even know I should have picked up on. 
I didn't even know that, that the way I, 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 I back, Patrick Jankowski would tell you, I'm a backseat driver. I just developed that out of nowhere, right? I'm, I'm telling people, no, turn here, watch, watch this, watch this, watch this. That's me. I was never like that until that mantle came on my life, and I don't know why it, why it changed all of a sudden. I find out this man, whenever I drive him places, David, 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 watch here, watch here. It's just chaos, okay? So I'm picking up on negative things, positive things, neutral things, and I don't even realize it. There are things that can come upon you that you can't receive any other way. You want that wisdom. You want that fire. You want something from God. You have to do it through God's means, which is impartation. I hope this is blessing you. Not as structured as I wanted it to be, because it was... So spirit-led in last minute. Number five, be active. Do something. Elijah had this powerful mantle come on Elisha, and Elisha goes, he strikes the water. What's the first thing he does? He strikes the water, says, where's the God of Elijah? And you go, you can record all the different things in his life, right, that happened, all of the different miracles. And he did just as many miracles recorded in the Scripture, minus one. It wasn't until Elisha's bones performed that miracle that he actually did double the miracles recorded as Elijah. But God fulfills it. So he goes out and he says, where's the God of Elijah? And he, you could just hear him. He, he, where is the God of Elijah? And he smashes that mantle down on the water. And he does something with what was given to him. He does something with that mantle. Some of you have been given this, and this is why I, I'm preaching this message, I believe. I believe God is starting to stir the hearts of people to say, I want something more. I'm tired of just doing the same old thing. Some of you, it's time to take it to the next level. It's time to go to higher places. But nothing is going to come if you're not getting around key people, if you're not pursuing that impartation. So again, there's given impartation? Is it, are you imparting into lives? There's shared impartation. Make sure you're around people who are going to stir the gift, not stifle it. And then number three, that's received impartation. This is the one where you really got to go after it. You want it. You see it. Even if, they, even if you kind of annoy them sometimes. As long as you're proving yourself, God will open a way. God will open a door. Are you receiving what I'm saying? You got to get in there and say, okay, I want this, and you got to go after it. Remember, Elijah said, leave me alone. And Elisha said, no, I'll follow you at a distance. And he was just kind of stalking him like this, <laughs> watching him, learning. If you will steward what you've been given, God will give you more. Some of you want to sit down one-on-one -on -one with pastor. I want to sit down one-on-one -on -one pastor. I want, to have, I want him to teach me one-on-one. -on -one. You don't even pay attention when he preaches on Sunday. Why is God going to give you, why is God going to give you the deeper things you can't even handle the milk? It's only after you've stewarded what God has given through them, after you've stewarded that, does he then elevate. And it's God who does it. I could, I could tell you, those sermons, I, half the time I can quote them. I'll know exactly where. And my wife gets irritated me sometimes. I go, he's going here. He's going there. I could do that with a lot of preachers. I know the material. I know their sermons. I know their titles. I know their stories. I know exactly if they reference one verse, oh, they're going to cross-reference this verse. Why? Because I, I, I'm, I'm receiving it. And if you will steward the basics, God will give you the deeper things. Are you receiving this tonight? Okay, you, you, you face the challenge of that impartation. You're saying, you know what? I need, to, I need to be a better steward, and I need to start pursuing that mantle, even in this house. Because some of you, you're, 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 you'll, you'll watch TV or YouTube videos or read books, and you're getting other DNA, but, but my goodness, there's a powerful thing that happens when you get the DNA of something you're actually connected with. And so there's, there's a DNA here. If you haven't caught it, let me put it this way. I'll tell you how you know you haven't caught our DNA. If, if you have to leave church early because you're worried about the kids going to school the next morning, you haven't caught the DNA. If, 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 you, can't, if you can't come to a harvester's conference because you worked that week, you haven't caught the DNA. You get what I'm saying? I'll clap myself. 
I'm having fun preaching this. This is why I like being the evangelist. Then I go by, I'm going to go to, I think we're going to Canada soon. And then I'll come back when you all love me again. But this is the truth. If, if, if you think it's odd that someone would move away to another state to start a church and you think that's too far, you haven't caught the DNA. If you think that Friday night Bible study is a waste of a good Friday night, you haven't caught the DNA. If you've yet to give to the church because you catch the vision of world missions and church planting, then you haven't caught the DNA. If you don't get excited when you hear about someone going to start a church, you haven't caught the DNA. Church, I'm preaching to you now. You know that if your your level of commitment is down here, or or, or you say, I can't really be a part. Someone asks you directly, can you just, I can't really do that because some weak excuse, just throw it in there. I'm tired or there's too much going on. You haven't caught the DNA. The DNA, I'll tell you this, um, I, I see us filling up quickly. You don't catch the DNA and you're not tithing. Just go somewhere else. We need the empty seat. We want to fill it with somebody who's going to be committed. Because we, we can fill it with someone who can do good with your chair. I think, I think air conditioning costs per square footage, and you're costing us money, okay? I can say this, again, as the evangelist. The, the pastor's heart will say, stay until you're changed, okay? No, but the truth is, it's time to change. It's time to grow out of that. Jesus said, give us your life. I mean, we're not even asking for your life here. Asking for a weekend now and then. Do you feel challenged? Good. I want to talk to the men first. I want to do an altar call just for the men. You feel challenged, you know. And this is going to be a hard one to do. I don't want you to hide in the crowd of all the women who always respond to the altar call. You're a man here who's been here for, for some season, and you're saying, you know what? I've, I've lost the vision. I've lost that drive, that, that, that fire that should be in a man to build, to conquer, to engage, to hunt, that, 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 that innate ability. You say, that's, that's starting to dwindle in me. I lost, I lost the passion to disciple. I lost the passion to sharpen my brothers. I lost the passion to seek counsel. Talk about being men. Some of us can't even handle correction. I just feel such a different anointing on me tonight, man. This is, this is, this is my praise chapel DNA coming out right here. But you're a man in here, and your commitment level is actually dragging down your wife's commitment level. And you make her feel silly for being so passionate about what you should be leading in. Now, that's not everyone who's going to respond. That's some of you. Either way, you're a man here, a man of God. And you're saying, you know what? I need to up my commitment, and I need to chase that mantle. If you're not satisfied with where you are, and you can admit that, I want you to right now, men, stand up. And I want you to come down to this altar. Come and stand up. Come down. You say, I, you know, I was once teaching. I was once preaching. I was once doing all those things that I know God had. I once had a prayer life. I once was imparting in the people. And, and you know what? I've been challenged tonight. There's more of you. It's always the second call that's harder to respond. Just learn to respond to the first one, guys. There are men in here. You need to up it. You, you've been hi- Some of you have been hiding behind your families. And saying, well, I need to take care of this or that. And, and, and your commitment level has not been there. I look around here. I see what I see in this house right now. I see prayer warriors. I see preachers. I see prophets. I see pastors. time to up the game, guys. You're, you're, you're a conqueror. You're, you're a builder. You're a spiritual warrior. It's not normal to have the fire die. It's not normal for a man to go through life passively, apathetically. That There's something in, in man's nature has been broken if you're in that place. And so I want to talk to you guys. 
you are the key to revival in this city. And everybody said, your obedience is what makes the difference. I mean, we're, we're launching churches to Texas and other places that the weather is terrible. I mean, think about what, what if God wants to do it with you? Oh, I'm so tired of the games. I just want to do something for God. So the word tonight is simple. Chase the mantle. Chase the double portion anointing. Chase that impartation. You do it by imparting it to others. Be there. Be available. Anybody who is, is anywhere in their Christian walk can help somebody under them. They're not can I take just one minute? Stay on your track, though. Don't lose your track, what you're talking right now. Stay on that. I just want to say this to you because you said something earlier about that personal. And, and again, I, I came out of a church. Then I, when I first arrived, it was a, a couple hundred people. And then it grew up to 1,000. So we were 1,000 people in 1986. So trying to connect with my pastor was almost impossible. Uh, I became the youth leader and all of that and their youth director. And even that was very limited time. So a lot of times I wouldn't even talk to him. I talked to his wife because she was a little bit more, and I was part of the worship group, so I talked to her a lot. Uh, but, but a lot, I probably went to his house twice in my whole life, and I think your dad was about the same. But a lot of the impartation came through other leaders, like what you said, and, my, and a lot of it came through his messages, you know, sitting there listening to him, my wife and I listening to him, doing what was being said, what was being taught. See, if you don't learn it through instruction, you're going to learn it through experience, man. Learn it through instruction better. And so what I'm saying to you is those times, those moments, you can get that discipleship that Dick was talking about earlier through other people, through the, through the pulpit, through different places, is you're just, you just have to stay open and you'll receive more than what you think. That's beautiful. I'm going to give you a challenge. That, that was exactly the thought, so he said it better than I could have. But I'm going, to, I'm going to switch gears now here. You know the three impartations we talked about. It. Let me give you a challenge. You really want to spice up Sunday morning sermons? Okay, let me tell you how to do it. I'm going to challenge you for the next, let's say, 90 days, the next three months, June, July, August. I want you to sit in every service that you hear the word, and I want you to, to pay attention and say this to yourself. Give yourself this challenge. Every word he preaches, I'm going to apply immediately to my life. No matter how scary, no matter how risky, no matter how uncomfortable, just give it 90 days. And I promise you this. You do that. Come in Sunday after Sunday and just sit down and go, okay, today. And this will really get you. Listen for things that are opposite of how you're doing it. And sit down and go, I'm going to apply every word for the next 90 days immediately. If you will do that within three months, I guarantee you this, you will be a radically different person. So that right there, if you say, oh, I don't really get much, you don't get much out of it because you're not doing anything with it. You, if you do something with it and you know you're going to do something with it, no matter what, it's going to challenge you. So how many are going to take this 90-day challenge? I just thought I'd throw this out. 90 days for the next 90 days. Uh, everything he preaches, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it right away. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to say all that. Just do it. Just do it and see what happens. Amen? Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.